pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I would like for you to just bring you back up to speed on our series. A prayer, what difference does it make? For the last five months, we have been discussing different topics about prayer. For example, we have discussed what is simple prayer or what is fasting and prayer and how those two ideals or subjects are combined. We talked about an accessory prayer. We discussed uh, the prayer of relinquishment, just making sure when we pray and when we come to God that we are praying to God that he will help us to let things go. That was prayer of relinquishment. Today, I want to talk about prayer, but I want us to talk about how to listen to God when we pray. If I can, uh, if you can turn to Elijah, uh, Elijah, uh, First Kings, chapter nineteen, verse nine through eighteen. This is a story about Elijah. First Kings, chapter nineteen, verse nine through eighteen. Uh, the story is about Elijah. In the passage, we read about Elijah is in hiding. He hid himself out of fear. He was afraid of Ahab's wife, Jezebel, who was partly queen of that time because her husband, Ahab, was the king. Ahab and Jezebel were wicked people. But Jezebel, she wanted to murder Elijah because Elijah killed all of her false prophets. And that's the reason why Elijah went into hiding. When Elijah received word that his life was in danger, he ran to a mountain that is called Herod. And that is where we pick up the story. I'm going to go ahead and read it, and please follow along in your translation. Start in verse 9. It says, There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the, I have been very jealous for the Lord. The God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I alone, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by in a great wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. 
But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak. And he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And and I, even I alone, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And Jewel, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint, the, anoint to be king over Israel. And Elijah, the son of Shaphat, and you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazel shall Jewel put to death, and the one who escapes from the sword of Jewel shall Elijah put to death. Yet I will leave seven thousand and Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and everyone and every mouth that has not kissed him. There are many points that is related to this story. However, since we only have uh, limited time, in my opinion, we only uncover a few of the points within this story. Now, again, we were talking about how to listen to God when we pray. The first point that we're going to talk about is identifying God's voice. Identifying God's voice. Many of us can quickly realize or recognize somebody else's voice. Can we not? We can identify the voices of our brothers and sisters. I can identify the uh, voice of my mother, uh, my uncles, because I have been around them. I'm sure you can identify the voice of your kids, of your parents, and your brothers and sisters, because you personally know who they are. I think this is similar to God as well. For example, I can identify my wife's laughter. When she laughs, she has a distinctive laugh. And I can pick her out in the midst of a crowd. Because I know how she laughs. I've been around her laughter. As contagious as it is. And it's easier for us to identify someone else's voice, but I believe We struggle to identify God's voice. We struggle. I believe it's harder for us to sense when or what God is saying to us. God is still speaking to the church. He never stopped speaking to the church. The reason I believe 
it is difficult for us to identify God's voices because we're not spending a lot of time with him. There's so much interference that blocks God's voice. So much distractions. For example, we can be easily distracted by what we do on a daily basis, whether that's social media, our workplace, uh, people that we're caring for. That takes our focus away from God's leaving us in a place where we should not be, mentally speaking. And I think this is very important. You and I know this to be true. Because whenever we are in a situation like Elijah, we do not know how to address the problems accurately and appropriately. You think about Elijah, a man of great valor, who were courageous in every single way, who stood up against what was evil, but yet Elijah found himself in a place of in a place of um, Kind of lost my focus. <laughs> he found himself in a place of disappointment or in a place that made him frightful. Because when Elijah heard the news, he immediately ran for his life. Now, this is a man who stood up to the false prophets, and you can read that. And in First Kings chapter eighteen, where he provoked the false prophets to call down their God, but ultimately they fell, and Elijah succeeded. Also. Elijah was a man who not only talked to God, he communion with God daily. He was a man of, who was full of faith. We know of this in the book of James. Because Elijah's name is referenced in James chapter 5. Referencing Elijah that Elijah prayed to God and God heard Elijah's prayer to stop the rain for three years. So this is the type of men that we're talking about. But yet, he found himself in a place of depression. And we notice that in our passage today. We notice that because when God asked him a simple question, Elijah, what are you doing here? God asked that question in verse 9. He also asked that question in verse 13 of our passage. What are you doing here, Elijah? We can personalize that. What are you doing here? 
This is, uh, again, this is Elijah was a man who, who helped to raise a widow's son back to life. But here, when he received word that his life was in danger, God asked the question, what are you doing here? And I'm not being hard on Elijah because I know, although we too can be full of faith, we can't find ourselves in the same place that Elijah was. We can find ourselves in a place of, of being depressed or bogged down or burdened by something or someone. So I'm not being too hard on Elijah, but I think he sh- he, he's a great example of how we as a people can become. Although Elijah was like us in every way, he demonstrated how we can find ourselves in situations that cause us not to listen to God when we face dire problems in our lives. In other words, Elijah, a great man who allowed his fear to drown out the voice of God. Listen to me. This is is, this is important for all of us. Ask yourself, can you identify the voice of God? Can you identify the voice of God? How do we decipher from God's voice and the voices of other people or other things? To identify God's voice, we must know who he is and have a personal relationship with him. This is what our Lord Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 2 through 5. Our Lord said, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hears his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. If you belong to Christ, you can identify the voice of God. You know, you would know what is Christ, what is Christ's desire for your life. I think John chapter 10, verse 2 through 5 is, is evident of who belongs to Christ. But I also think that it is so often so many Christians like us, as the Bible portrays us, as sheep go astray. We as sheep willingly 
not forcefully, but willingly listen to strangers that lead us into sin. Sin against our God. We allow ourselves to listen to other things that drowns out the voice of God. Put ourselves in a position where we know we shouldn't be. I know, I'm sure you know, beloved, that the Bible portrays us as sheep, but best believe sheep are not the most intelligent creatures. It has been said that if one sheep walk off the cliff, the other sheep will follow. And I think the Bible do some justice when it portrays us in this light. Because we, we do not intentionally pursue Christ with every effort. And I speak that from a personal perspective. Because I know how easy it is for me to be distracted. That I do not pursue what Christ wants me to do. To be a servant of his. To love him. To adore him. With every effort. So... How do we identify the voice of God? We need to be intentional in pursuing everything else, everything that, that, that Christ desires us to achieve. It is clear to me that Scripture overemphasizes that God communicates to us through His Word, the Bible. This is one way we can identify the voice of God. When we meditate upon the word of God day and night, constantly, we can hear the voice of God, hear our unanswered prayers, have answers to the circumstances that we face. This is what Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 through 16 says. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let me say that again. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I think this particular passage is parallel to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 through 21. It's talking about being filled with the Spirit. Because if we are filled with the word, if we are meditating upon the word of God day and night, it would permeate, permeate out of us. It would ooze out of us. So what is ruling in our hearts? Is it the word? 
Is it something else? What is permeating out of us naturally? A word you can be familiar with is kinesthetic. The word kinesthetic means that you do something that natural. It's a second, it's just a natural ability for you to do, like using your hands. So if we apply this particular word to the word of God, does it naturally come to us? Is it something that is a part of us without us even thinking about it? I would say to help us to identify the voice of God is this. Anything that is contrary to the word of God is an indicator that it is not God's voice speaking to us. That's very simple, right? If you hear a voice of condemnation, it is not God's voice. It's most likely Satan's voice. You are not condemned anymore. If you hear a voice of depression, it is not the voice of Christ. And the list can go on and on. If you hear a voice that says, gratify the flesh, it is not the voice of God, the Holy Spirit. We already know what the Holy Spirit desires to do. He wants us to be dead to sin and alive to God. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 said, It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In other words, how do we decipher between God's voice, your voice, the word's voice, and demonic voices? How do you know God is speaking to you? Well, we know according to God's work. So, since we can identify God's voice, how do we know God is communicating to us? In what way God is communicating to us? We know that in the biblical times that God communicated to people in, uh, in different ways, I would say. He communicated to Moses through the burning bush. He communicated to Joe by speaking through a whirlwind or a tornado. He spoke to Job through dreams. And that's what Job says. That God speaks to men in two ways, one with the word and through dreams. So God can communicate to us through that. God can communicate, um, God has communicated to Balaam by speaking, allowing a donkey to speak his own mind. So Balaam can be wise of, uh, wiser of his own decisions even though Balaam himself was a false prophet. So, God communicates us to us in different ways. Are they all uh, self-evident? Maybe not. Are they conspicuous? I will believe so, in many ways. He can communicate to us through our friends, our unruly co-workers. 
the people that we sur- naturally surround ourselves with because we don't have any other choice but to surround ourselves with them. But I want you to understand, as he's communicating to us through them, we have to be attentional, attentive to listen to what God is saying to us in that given circumstance, in that situation. I know that when and if you're sick or you have a loved one who has been sick for a long time, God used sickness to communicate to us. Where do I get that? Get it from first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 9. Paul pleaded to God three times that whatever painful illness he was going through, to remove that illness from him, but God refused. But this is what God said. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in my weakness. Now, I remember when I remember when I was a correctional officer back in Union City, Georgia. I used to work at that job for almost three years. Now, at that time, I was 21 years old, newly married to my lovely wife, Crystal. I didn't know anything about responsibilities. I didn't know anything about time management. I didn't even know a lot of things about myself, but what I do know is that I thank God for using that particular job to teach me so many things. To teach me about responsibility and how to manage my household. I got fired from that job. But that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because when I got fired, I realized the flaws within my own self. So I believe that God used that job to teach me so much things about myself. He communicated to me through my circumstances at that time. God is still doing the same thing in your life. He is still communicating. So whatever failures that you come across, it's just another way that God is saying to you, try again. Try again. Nevertheless, I want you to notice how God communicated to Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. Notice how all the commotion that was going on in Elijah's life, but yet God still communicated to Elijah. Look at verses 11 through 12. God said in verse 11, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by in a great strong wind toward the mountains and broken pieces. The rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. Now, these are three supernatural 
simultaneous events that occurred. All at the same time. But glean at, uh, glean from Elijah's perspective. And notice how he is attentively trying to hear the voice of God. But he realized that God was not in the wind. He couldn't hear God in the wind. And he realized when he acknowledged that fact, an earthquake occurred. But God's voice wasn't in the earthquake either. But God was still supernaturally causing these things. And after the earthquake, a fire. But God was not in the fire either. Until a still voice or a whisper. I know from the traditional translation of verse uh, verse 12, if you're reading from the ESV or the NIV or the Holman Christian Standard Bible, Holman Christian Bible, it would say the voice of a small, of a still whisper. But in the Hebrew, it just say the still silence. Silence or the stillness of things. And I think that's very important because you have all this commotion going around in Elijah at that particular time. You have a great wind or a powerful wind that could have been, presumably speaking, a tornado that caused the mountain uh, rocks to dash into pieces. Then you had an earthquake. We don't know how great the earthquake was, but we can imagine that it shook everything around Elijah. And after the earthquake, you had a fire. Now, if we liken these things, symbolically speaking, to our lives, we can say we have many tornadoes and many earthquakes and many fires. But at the same time, when Elijah realized that God was not in any of those supernatural events, but in the stillness of that moment, that is when Elijah heard the voice of God. What does this mean for us? Christ said it himself. Abide in me as I abide in you. Abiding in Christ means to stay put. Be still. Don't move. But in this sense, the stillness of that moment, despite the commotion around Elijah's he heard the voice of God. So when you are praying, when you are busy in life, it is imperative that all of us be still. Stillness. Because in that moment, we will realize everything else around us do not matter. 
at that moment, we will realize that in this time of our stillness, we have to stay focused on the voice of God. This is how the Hebrew texts render this verse. Because we know when we try to listen to the voice of God, we're busy people. In fact, not only we're busy, but we're consumerists. When we are praying to God, we're asking God to, Lord, bless this, give us that, give, us, give me this, bless that individual, and that's all fine. And I encourage us to do it. But think about it. If we, when we pray to God, what would it look like if we just be silent? I mean, silent. Say nothing. Listen. And what will happen is you will listen to your own thoughts, true enough, but hopefully you will hear the voice of God. You will hear God's voice in that moment of stillness, that moment of silence. And that is the, the struggle that we will have to face because it is going to be very difficult for us to hear God's voice if we do not meditate on God's word day and night. So have you ever thought that silence or stillness is part of your prayer life? It is. It truly is. What I'm saying is very antithetical to the prosperity gospel when someone pray, Lord, bless me with this, bless that, give me riches, give me that. Because I believe that individual is not asking or not listening to what God is saying to them. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, I pray for us. I thank you that you are speaking to us. And I thank you that you are telling us what we need to do. Lord, I thank you that you are being exalted in our lives. Now, beloved, I'm going to give you two, well, less than 30 seconds to put this in practice. Every eye is closed. And I just want you to try to, in some form or fashion, to listen to God's voice and to see how practical this is. I'm sure you're going to be thinking about other things. And that is natural for you to do.
Lord, I give you all the thanks and glory, and I thank you for speaking to your people, and I ask you that you will bless them as they go out through their day. Lord, we do pray for the offering as well. Uh, We pray that as we give, we're giving to you, not to a building or administration of this church, but to you, because you're going to use this for the greater good for your church in this community. So, Lord, I thank you for those who are giving. And I pray that you will bless their house, household and their families and their friends. And I pray that you will continue to enrich them with all the spiritual blessings that are in Christ. And I pray this in our Lord's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>